Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. I hope I'm so excited because today we are starting our bonus series on Euphoria Season 2, which we didn't talk about season one on the podcast. Well, actually, because it came out before it came we out did in 2019. Podcast. Yeah. So Euphoria is older than the podcast. But yeah, here we are for season two. I'm so excited to get into it because the episode aired last night. And I feel like everyone was super excited for this. Like, oh, oh my gosh, HBO broke. What? HBO Max broke. Really? I, I was sitting with my roommate in our living room and it's taking forever to load. And we're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Because we you know, clicked onto it, logged right. into HBO Max right at nine o'clock because yeah. we were ready to go. And it took honestly maybe like five minutes for the app to load and for the episode to load on our TV. Oh my God. And then in the middle of the episode, my roommate Lizzie was like, oh my gosh, HBO Max broke because so many people were trying to log on oh to watch sure. the premiere of Euphoria. So <gasps> it's, it's a pretty big hype. Everyone was incredibly excited because HBO broke. broke and how is that even possible I don't know wow but it was a big to do well yeah we've it, been planning for it that's the thing is like I think especially because it was delayed everyone like the anticipation was really building up yeah. and then now everyone's like oh my god like it's back and I feel like especially for our age group that this show is I don't know I'm like trying to think of like something that had this similar like cult following like in years past it's weird too because it is the production value of a film right. pretty much with mm -hmm. these hour plus long episodes so right. it's kind of like there's nothing to even compare it to i feel like it'd be apples and oranges to try to compare it to like buffy the vampire slayer yeah. or even like gilmore girls mm -hmm. maybe I, I don't even know. It's like part soap opera, part A24 film, mm -hmm. part teen drama. It's kind of a little bit of everything and it's revolutionary. Oh, for sure. For good, bad, indifferent, however you feel about the content of the show because it's- this I There's a lot of backlash too. Like a lot of people love it, but also- I know a lot of people that don't love it. And I always, like, I think when I mentioned it to you, which I had forgotten that you literally wrote your thesis on this, <laughs> which doesn't mean necessarily that you love it. But right. I've talked to people and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like, I need to be careful because, like, I could be gushing about this. I have some friends that are, like, deeply offended by the show. So I'm not by any means saying, like, this show is perfect. No. Although in my eyes, I'm obsessed with it. I don't think there's anything that is perfect. Everything, you know, whether it's good or bad, can have problematic parts. And I think depending on where you come from and your personal experience, can anything be done right? And honestly, that's art. Something is always going to push the boundary a little bit too far for some people. And I think if anything, the best way to look at it is like, how can we learn from this? And I'm Absolutely. really hoping with season two, we see that grow. Because I know a lot of issues have been with diversity and the way that sexuality is discussed in the show and 
all of that. And the content at the, the heart of the show in general is incredibly taboo. I mean, we're talking right. about substance use and abuse in a demographic that is still not even legal. Right. Not even legal adults. Right. I mean, these characters are not 18 yet. They are still high school students. And we see them in this first episode, too, doing heroin. Oh like, God, yeah. top of the list. And then also murder and like 12 year olds with dealing drugs like, exactly yeah. oh, it's crazy. so it's very much not everyday content it's not everyday life for the mass majority of people mm. but i think it does represent life of some people because you know not to get into my thesis or anything from all the people i surveyed about their substance usage they all have had the same or similar experiences to the content that's on the show. Yeah. So it's not unrealistic. Well, that's the thing is it's like, even though I personally am not involved in this kind of lifestyle, I do know people that have been. Exactly. And another thing that I've really been seeing in anticipation for season two is like that people are saying this should have been set in college. And I disagree with that because I agree that these are issues that college students deal with, but almost to me watching it, having been in high school, I don't know. There's almost like, I feel like they know that this is going to be viewed by high school, college student age people. Mm -hmm. And I think by choosing to go into the younger demographic rather than place it into the older demographic of the viewers. I don't know. And also there's this point of like dramatization that I think exactly. a lot of people, I don't know, in a way, I don't want to be like, it's it's theatrical that they're doing cocaine. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's for the drama. It's for the drama. But I could go on and I will probably, if I have to write a thesis, write about people taking things out of context. Right. Which a lot of films that I've seen this year, Licorice Pizza and Red Rocket in particular, people are talking about the content and how that affects the viewers. And I think that that has been the forefront of the issue with Euphoria is people saying this is glamorizing drugs, drug use, and these like sexual scenarios, I guess you could say. And uh, Zendaya posted yesterday about mm -hmm. like, this show the viewer censorship and i just i don't know i hate to be like i'm older now and i'm at the point where i'm fed up but it's like i, I guess some people are just not mature and it pisses me off because it's like why can't you be a mature viewer and see this for what it is and take it away from that like i don't know i also watched sex in the city when i was 11 years old and was obsessed with it which like exactly. sex in the city is very problematic as well I'm not saying that it isn't but i understood that that didn't mean i should be having sex at 11 years old like exactly like living like carrie bradshaw like i could understand that i was younger than the characters and i shouldn't be doing that or exactly. even in this i understand that I'm older than these characters, which is crazy because I still think I'm very young, but <laughs> I'm older than these characters and that doesn't mean that I should be doing what they're doing. I just, I don't know. I could go on a rant about that because especially people are targeting like some of my favorite films of this year saying like, it's glamorizing this. And it's like, okay, I know we grew up in the era of Lana Del Rey music videos <laughs> and she glamorized a lot of stuff. And Lana Del Rey also very problematic. We love her, but like, I, she's I very, do love her. I, I have a soft spot for her, but like she's very problematic. I'll just admit it. And I still understood that like those are toxic relationships or what she's doing. Like, why should HBO Max be your parent? It's called enough. media literacy, love. Exactly. <laughs> read the room, read the content, read the content advisories. Mm -hmm. If you don't think you can handle those things, then that's valid. I'm not judging you for like not being able to handle it because it's heavy and for myself sometimes I'm watching and I'm like oh I'm so ready for this and I'm like oh my god and then you're like blood ah right <laughs>
And it's like, you can turn it off. And if you're sitting watching this with people that like won't turn it off or won't give you those like advisories, then like that's a different issue. And you need to check your friendships and your family. That's not whatever. No, but it's it's art. It's entertainment. It is dramatization. It is not real life, though some of the situations have happened to people in real life. So just my point is, it's just not that serious at the end of the day. And media literacy, I'll say it over and over again. That's you got to cultivate it. It's a skill. It's a muscle. And if you don't understand something, then it's not for you. And we don't have to go on TikTok creating mm-hmm. like 12 part series oh about God, how terrible things are because they do this, that, and the other thing. How about you go read an interview with the cast and creative team first, see what their intentions are. Mm -hmm. If they're saying like, yeah, I wanted to glamorize drug use and get teenagers to kill themselves in the middle of an opioid crisis. Like, sure, that's one thing, but that's not not what's going on here. So anyway, End of the rant and the spiel on that. Let's get into the season two premiere and the content of what happened, which honestly didn't feel like a lot to me. It didn't feel like a lot either. Um, And I apologize because we were so excited to jump into this. But this season is also directed and written by Sam Levinson as the first season was. At least he directed and wrote this episode. He's the creator of the show. So yes, without a doubt, he'll be very involved with the whole season. Absolutely. And the show is starring our same lovable group from the Mm -hmm. first season, Zendaya, Hunter Schaefer, Alexa Demi, Sydney Sweeney, Barbie Ferreira, Jacob Elordi, and many, many, many others that create this amazing ensemble cast. First of all, I just want to say I love ensemble shows. Me too. It's fantastic. I like seeing it in a drama setting as well, because usually ensembles are like very comedy based. Mm -hmm. But This is such a great group of actors, and I truly could not picture anyone else doing this show. Well, that's the thing is, it's funny, there's this like TikTok trend that's been going around of like, maybe I'm just on acting TikTok, but (laughs) it's um, like what roles I auditioned for and what I got. And most of the time it's like, I auditioned for this and I didn't get anything in the show. And that's life. Um, But this one girl was like, she auditioned for Cassie. And I was like, okay, nobody else is Cassie except Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you see these projects and you're like, I couldn't imagine anybody else. And probably somebody else could do the role, but it's to the point where like these characters are kind of iconic in our Definitely. zeitgeist, I guess. Yeah. And I agree. I was thinking about that this morning, actually. I was like, oh my gosh, they do a really good job of making this feel like an ensemble. And I feel like that's mostly because of the way that they start every episode of this backstory of each character. Yeah. So it almost feels like each episode is highlighting a character, but then you see the other characters throughout it. It's not just like this episode is Rue's, ep- I mean, yeah, there are Rue's episode and right. it's not like but this the is whole- Maddie's episode. And the whole thing is basically Rue's. She is right. our narrator, narrator and champion and the one we're pretty much following, navigating mm-hmm. this whole life situation. But we get a great glimpse into the lives of each of these characters. And this season started out with Fez. Right, which I was excited because we really, I mean, we knew about him, but we don't know too much. I did. Okay, I will say though, hot take, I was a little 
thrown off that like right from the get-go of a new season we're getting an introduction of a character i agree it felt a little jarring Mm -hmm. but i am so happy to get his backstory and learn about his gun-slinging drug-dealing grandma yeah but then i feel like it made sense because yes at the beginning i was like Oh wait, this is how we're gonna start the new season. I was so excited, and like I barely and know this character. So many penises. Oh my god, I know. I, literally, I rewatched season one this past week, but I still was shocked. I was like, "Oh right, this is what this show does." <laughs> I forgot. But I think because the way that the episode ended, it made sense to have this be definitely Fez's episode. Definitely, and maybe because he's not like one of my favorite characters, I didn't. I have a soft spot for you him. Do? That's okay. okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I do like him, but I think because I had missed all the other characters, starting I was like, off with him, right? Was... Starting off with him, I was like, oh my god, like I wanted more of Maddie in this episode. I wanted more of Cassie. We barely got any of Cat. We got a little, little, little bit of Jules, like. I mean, more so than some of the other characters, but still not a lot and still not a lot of me. And we got more of McKay than I was expecting. Yeah, I didn't think we were ever going to see him again. again right, honestly. I didn't think so either. But I don't know. I'm very interested to see where this season goes. I was reading that people are saying like this season is going to be season one's more tamed sister and it's a little bit more vulnerable. Tame. I know. So Okay, that episode one did not give tame to me. Right, right. So I'm like, okay. So I don't know. I'm very, very interested to see where this is all going to go. I think that despite this being a little bit melodramatic in a way was very melodramatic especially the takes between Rue and Jules Mm. and the lighting shifts and like towards the end of the episode when we see the portraits of each person in the really harsh lighting I was like okay we get it we're in for a big ride right well that's the thing is it was melodramatic but I think it was a good way to set us up for what this is gonna be definitely I mean at the end of this episode we're starting the season off with this huge fight and we don't know sorry major spoilers but that's what happens on cinema chicks um but now we know like Nate is dead question mark yeah, I don't know. I feel like they didn't kill him off, but something. But then it was also interesting because now something's going on with him and Cassie. And it was interesting because at the red carpet premiere, people were posting photos of Jacob Elordi and Sydney Sweeney on the red carpet. And she was just kind of like gleaming up at him. And people were like, wait, are they a new couple? Because it's like a whole joke how like Jacob Elordi has been with Joey King and then with Zendaya and then Kaya Gerber. And now he's with Olivia Jade. And then people are like, oh my God, is he now with Sydney Sweeney? But I think it was a similar case to our other special series uh scenes from a marriage where yes. Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac on the red cover were very lovey-dovey yeah so I feel like that was almost to spark this controversy and spark this whole like oh my gosh like What's this gonna season is gonna be Cassie and Nate aside from all the craziness and the backlash and the hype that this show gets watching this I felt like the time that was given in between just because of the pandemic the time that went by between the first two seasons I feel like this season is very aware of its audience because it knows what its audience likes and it's pushing that to the max like this felt I don't know I'll have to look into it but it it felt like it was filmed on film which I feel like did I feel like they know their viewers are they like uh I just feel like it highlighted those moments that everyone really gravitated towards like it started with a party scene so everyone has these iconic looks already and it's just crazy to think about because I feel like when season one happened 
people weren't dressing like that until Euphoria came out. And then Euphoria looks were everywhere. Every brand is now doing Euphoria looks. And it was so interesting to now see like that continued and rather like us being inspired by them. They're a little bit inspired by us and like how the audience has reacted. So that was very exciting. I'm just very interested to see where this is all going to go with those choices. And also I'm so thrilled that we're going to hopefully get another score by Labyrinth. Yes, there was new music. There was new music. There was, although, because I had my captions on and it's one of my favorite songs on the score is Nate Growing Up. Yes. And um, when Cassie was sitting outside of the gas station, he went up to her that music started again yes. which I loved I I don't mind the borrowing of the songs if that's gonna all. be Nate's theme exactly. then that works for me uh you know that I'm obsessed with scores and I think that the score to this is incredible and I listen to it all the time and like walk down the street and you know I'm like oh my god I'm in you for it and that's ridiculous because I'm absolutely not but I kind of hated the character of Lexi first season really maybe this is a little rude of me but I don't love Maud Apatow I feel like that's she's fair. gotten into a lot of things because her father is Judd Apatow I absolutely agree so, with that. So, yeah, that's where I struggle with her. But then it was interesting because in this episode, Fez is really interested in her, which completely threw me for a loop. And it's also funny because I was especially paying attention to everyone's costumes in this because I was like, oh my gosh, like now euphoria style is a thing. Like that's like almost like a genre of fashion yes. now. And it's funny because seeing her in the party, I was like, I love her outfit. But then I was like, wait, that would be me if I showed up to one of these parties. Literally. Like, her outfit's very cute, but it doesn't work within in the world. Else. It doesn't work in the yeah. world. And that's such a side point. But I am interested to see where her character goes. That was the highlight of the episode for me, I think, is this budding relationship between Fez and Lexi. I think it's really a great pairing. And I think if they have an arc together throughout this whole season, it's going to change a lot of things. And honestly, it might be a very good thing for Rue too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited. That is definitely what I'm looking for more of this season. And new characters too. Yeah, like the laundry room guy. Yes, because they've been posting him like on their Instagram. So I think he's going to be like a big character. Yeah. And I don't know who it was, but there was some girl that I had found on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and she had posted that she was cast in season two. I genuinely cannot imagine, like, joining such a big project like this. Like, I mean, joining it when it first started, oh my god, but, like, joining something that's already such a big deal. Talk about pressure. Pressure, craziness, also because these characters are so loved. I mean, (laughs) but, like, we love to see them. Yes. And, like, it's hard because they're going to share screen time with them, which... It's tough for me because I'm like, oh my God. We're We're giving time to other randos. Right. right. No, exactly. I'm like, I'm sure I love the other characters, but like, I want to see more of this character. I want to see more of that character. And now we're going to have to share that, but that's okay. I'm really excited for this season. Same. I don't Can't know wait how for many, next Sunday. I know. Next Sunday. I don't know how many episodes we're going to be getting. I think the first scene's like eight or nine episodes. Yeah. So I'm guessing probably that. I don't really think TikTok was like a thing when season one came out. I mean, it, Not, was, I mean, it was, but it, it was a very have, different form. It was a very different form. And last night I got home from the movies and I was like, oh, I need to watch Euphoria. Obviously, we're discussing it. And I was so excited. And I go on TikTok and... I was already getting spoilers. And I was no! Like, oh my God, no, 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 So yeah, I'm just interested to see, because I think that social commentary is such a, a big thing and like yes. how this affects our age group. And anyways, I could go on for forever, but I'll save it for the next episode. Next episode. Next we'll episode. see you again on Monday to talk about episode two of Euphoria. Absolutely. And on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of our new bonus series. If you enjoyed, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast 
podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy, where this show doesn't count, but actually I think the little bonus episodes that they did in between seasons. Oh, I've seen, I think those do count. So um, I'm going to have to lock those. Me too. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Insane house parties. Iconic costumes that have forever changed fashion for teenagers. And the return of an iconic show. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.